I think uh, who's ASU playing the NIT? And I don't even know. So all three of our alma maters are the NIT. And mine is Santa Clara. They're playing big bids. Washington State Cougars tomorrow night on ESPN. 12. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Nueve, ESPN Nueve. <laughs> all right, well, welcome to Big Ben and K Win on NoFilter.net. Once a week, we give you a live streaming show on NoFilter.net. So, NoFilter.net. So, make sure you check it out. I'm K Win. He's Big Ben, and he's Bo Brock. Welcome to the show, guys. It's March Madness. We made it. We did, man. I mean, the uh, conference tournaments, I, I was I was all about it. What a great week of basketball. Yeah, and I got you two out of three winners on Saturday, so you can repay <laughs> me back for that later. You know what? I didn't even take your advice on UCLA. I wish I did. So I split with you, with you, with your advice. And I think I gave you a big fat winner too in the whack. We took New Mexico State over GCU. You did. You did. The UCLA, they had lost four straight games to USC. I'm like, not this time. It was kind of a, <laughs> a heartfelt bet, but it worked out. Yeah, no, it did. It did. And they tried to parlay it into the championship game in the Pac-12 tournament. And they, uh, they were, you know, they were looking good for about what, fifty, you know, ten, uh, thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes, and then it kind of the, the wheels fell off. Yeah, USC is a little um, outside of Mobley. I think they get outside of their offense, and it's it's not pretty. There's not no, one guy uh, that can step up for them. No, I mean, they're athletic, though. They can get up and down. They can D a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they can make another surprise run like they did last year. Pac-12 with four teams the Elite Eight last year. Only three teams made it this year. We're going to cover March Madness and much, much more. But before we get into that, the Final Four is in New Orleans. So I have a couple burning questions I need you guys to answer. Number oh. one. What is your favorite Little Wayne song? Because he represents New Orleans to the fullest. Louise? Oh, man. I mean, I'm not as well-versed as, as maybe the uh, San Francisco 49ers head coach as far as Wheezy goes. Uh, I mean, I remember back in college, it was it was Lollipop and, and DJ and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I probably go with, with that, the old, the classics. Lil Wayne, okay. Houston alum, Houston Cougar alumni, or I guess it was where I went to school. Um, since it is the NCAA tournament, I'll go six foot, seven foot, eight foot. No eight footers in this tourney, but six foot, seven foot <laughs> would be mine with Corey Gans. It was split between uh, Go DJ and Hustler Music, but if I have to pick mm -hmm. one, I'm going Hustler Music. That's when he started to come in his own. I think that was Carter too. And that's when he, I think he proclaimed himself the best rapper alive and made a song about it as well. <laughs> Self-proclamation. I think that's what you have to do when you're the best rapper alive. You have to, you have to take that over. You do. One more question. So if we fast forward to this summer, the end of the NBA season, and I'm setting the over under at 1.5 years. Will Zion Williamson be on the Ooh. New Orleans Pelicans 1.5 years from this summer? Are you taking the over or the under? We're going to start with Big Ben. Uh, under. 
Ooh. Absolute under. I he's I don't know if one if you can take that much more of the New Orleans cooking. Um, <laughs> two. <laughs> I just think there's too much money out there in the NBA right now, where you can't find a spot for him. I think there's a lot of players after this year are going to find themselves not necessarily out of the league, but taking one year contracts, free up money. Zion will move. Too much gumbo, huh? Um, I and I don't blame him. Uh, I, I, I'll pound the under on that too. I mean, has he reached out to CJ McCollum yet? Do we know? I mean, that was, that was one of the wildest stories. It's just like, send the guy a text or something. He just got traded to your squad. Uh, I don't know if he's got a little Kyler Murray in him. He's just kind of a little reserved, a little quiet, but man, that's uh, I, I can't see him sticking around the big easy for too much longer. I can't either. He didn't want to be so neighbors. His contract is guaranteed next year which I believe it's his fourth year, and then it's up to him if he wants to take the extension or decline the extension. Then that depends if he's a restricted free agent or unrestricted free agent. But it's clear he doesn't want to be there, right? Like, all this stuff is going around. He's not raising his hand and saying, I want to be here. I love New Orleans. Let's talk about the extension. Let's bring players in. I think he's trying to James Harden his way out of there. And... For a minute there, I didn't know who was James Harden and who was Zion Williams because they look about the same weight. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Where, where I mean, did... the New Orleans can't keep a basketball star. It's like Chris Paul exited and then Anthony Davis and now Zion. I mean, that's that's heartbreaking. It's it's tough to kind of slap down some roots and, and be a basketball town when you got guys exiting every what two, three years. Yeah, it's it's kind of the thunder of old, right? You might see people come in and out, but they're never going to be a title team, and that's what Zion wants to do. Everyone wants to win a championship. I don't think you're going to – Pelicans etched in the NBA championship trophy? I don't see that happening. So he's got to move. <laughs> Let's get to the NCAA tournament. We got playing games tomorrow, Wednesday, and then we've got all the action throughout the weekend. The brackets released yesterday. What was your first impression of the bracket, Bo? Man, I, as far as there's there's Arizona, I think there's Gonzaga. I mean, your number one seeds, they're going to be some teams that are going to absolutely just eat in the first rounds. It, it I, I'm I I like to kind of ease into my bracket, but uh, I, I'm trying to sniff out some upsets, and I don't see them like in as far as the the heavyweights yet. I I, I haven't sniffed one of those out yet, but. Uh, Man, I with the transfer transfer portal and, and the mixing with the one and dones and some of the programs that have been out for the last couple of years are coming back. Uh, I think we're gonna have an absolute just chaotic tournament, you know. And that's not saying anything profound. We've seen it the last couple of years, and, and it's usually happens every season. But man, I am I'm having a tough time like finding like anything that resembles uh, anything less than just pure chaos looked like the big 10 invite to me i mean <laughs> what they get nine teams in and then you had the head of the tourney committee from indiana i mean that's telling you get michigan in it, it was there are some teams now i would like to say that oklahoma i thought should have got in just with the teams that they had beat and that was one team that would have been scary to anyone in this tournament regardless of seed but to me just so many big 10 teams and just 
you, you can't argue for any other Pac-12 team, which would have been unfortunate. But to me, it's uh, a flood of Big Ten teams, yeah, and a lot of parity. I don't see top-line teams are accurate, but after that, it's, it's anybody's ballgame. Okay, yeah. when? If you look at the Power Five, the SEC got seven, Big 12 got six, Big 10 got nine, and then the other two Power Five conferences, the WCC got three, and the Mountain West got four. <laughs> Let's talk about those West Coast conferences. USF is going to the tournament for the first yeah. time since, I think, 1998. And remember this guy's name, Jamari Booyah, <laughs> a guard from Salinas. He's their best player. Average is close to 17. He's a dynamic scorer. And I have USF beating Murray State in the first round. There's my upset. Wow, you're going with the Dons, huh? You're going with uh, Bill Russell U with the with the upset, the 10-7. I like it. Yeah, I mean, the WCC had a strong year. And you were – we talked about that. I, I joined you a couple months ago, and you were high on that. You thought that your Broncos might sneak in, and unfortunately that didn't happen. But still – monster season for that conference and i mean how how big a wonders would it make if they could get three of them marching on to the the round of 32 that's a big time potential yeah and st mary's to ben's point usually get screwed over they usually get like the 11 or 12 seed and they have to play right. the five this time they got the high the high seed so that goes to show you there was some respect they put some respect mm -hmm. on the, the wcc's name this year <laughs> Yeah, St. Mary's is usually the first team out of Fran. Is it Fran Fischel's mouth? No, Joey Brackett's <laughs> mouth every year about the teams that got snubbed. This year they get a five seed. They got for all that last year. Yeah, I mean, they, even you got teams like Montana State will adopt them to the West Coast. Boise State, another quote-unquote West Coast team. It's going to be a fun year. And I, I like what right, San Diego though, State's doing because, too. Because of the parity... I think we're going to – I don't know if we'll see that many upsets in the first first round, but I think we're going to see some lower seeds going to the Elite Eight and to the Final Four because I don't think – I think outside of Kansas and Gonzaga, there is a lot of parity out there. So there's going to be a lot of upsets. I love this time. Oh, timing. man. Okay, when did you just say Gonzaga? Come on, man. It might have been a slip of the tongue, but I mean, where, where, I, where I'm in right now, Spokane, you know, you, you got it's the Zags. It's not the Zogs. That's my bad. I got to work on that. <laughs> I don't know if it's just blatant disrespect or what. I mean, Chet Holmgren, okay. put some respect on that name. Now, do you guys consider what day is the first day of the tourney for you? Tomorrow, the playing games. I love it. The best part, uh, the best thing the NCAA has done is the playing games are now like big time conference teams that were maybe a seven or eight seed. Like you've got Indiana versus Wyoming. That's going to be a good game. The tournament officially starts tomorrow night, Big Ben. And I'm not talking about your Cougs in the NIT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it used to be 16 seeds paired up from lower conferences. I think you see two of those teams. But Notre Dame, Rutgers. People have Rutgers, no matter if they win that first game, winning their next game. So you're right. There are good teams in the playoff, playing games this year. I, I fortunately will probably not watch those games unless not working. But uh, Thursday is when I'll assemble the command center. I don't know. Oh, what do you what do you put together in the way of watching all these games? Is it at home? Is it 
Buffalo Wild Wings? Is it at Jack and Dan's? Is it where is it? McCarthy it's Center. It's at home. I'm taking every screen that I can find in our home base, and I'm putting it in a, in our basement, and we're firing up a, a game on each and every screen, tablet, cell phone, whatever, whatever it is. If it can, if it can just broadcast the game on it, we're watching it. And Thursday, that's the official start of the tournament. I mean, I'll tune in, I'll watch the games, but I'm I'm not I'm not sitting there and and just dialed in like I am Thursday and Friday. Like that that's the official start. And it's 9:15 a.m. where the tournament starts on St. Patty's Day. That's why I'm wearing my green A's hat. <laughs> Bo or Ben, will there be any green beer in your future on Thursday at any point during the day or night? <laughs> I'll partake in maybe. There you go. I, sparkling green, sparkling water for me. Lime. How about <laughs> that for my green drink? <laughs> Not too bad. I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'll go with the nightcap. I, I, I think my boss would probably not appreciate me guzzling down a couple green beers on the clock on on Thursday. But I'll, I'll get after it. I'll celebrate St. Patty's Day with some March Madness and in, in a green beer on Thursday night. Sure. Green beer, Guinness. I'll have it all after hours in case my boss listens to this podcast. <laughs> So final four, I want your final four prediction and your national champion. We're getting right into it. Wow. And I'm going to go first. That way He's you can say that I stole your picks <laughs> or I didn't do any research and I'm hopping on and riding your coattails. Every year in fantasy football, they say it's the year of Joe Mixon. Well, every year in college basketball, <laughs> they say it's the year of the Purdue Boilermakers. And this is the year that they do me right and don't do me dirty. I'm going Purdue out of the East. Sorry, Bo. I'm going Arkansas out of the West. I'm going Zona out of the South, and I'm going Kansas out of the Midwest. In your national championship game, it's going to be Arizona versus Purdue. Your Wildcats are winning it. Bennett Martherin, I may have butchered his name like I butchered Gonzaga earlier. <laughs> he's going to be the most outstanding player, and he's going to bring that championship back to Tucson. Tommy Lloyd is going to do what Mark Few hasn't done yet. Wow. Wow. Bo, please. I, I love I love that Wildcats roster. Uh, watching them storm back in the in the Pac-12 title game and what they have as far as being able to score the basketball after Sean Miller's offense was just disastrous for so many years. And Tommy Lloyd goes and ramps it up and he's the pack 12 coach of the year. And they've got the pack 12 player of the year, the back 12 defender of the year. They've got a couple just trees down there swatting shots. I like what they're able to do. Um, I, I do like Arizona coming out of the South in the, in the final four, as far as the Midwest, you went Kansas. So you had on that side of the bracket, two number ones, you went, went chalk. You know, I want to get away from that. Maybe go Auburn, Auburn, the two seed on the bottom of that bracket. As far as the uh, the East, this is where I think that this is going to be the craziest bracket because there's a lot of blue bloods in here. There's a lot of talent up and down it. Um, let's go with, oh, man. I want to say UCLA at four. Okay. They're going to sneak their way back Ooh. into the final four, and then I'll take the Zags out of the West. They, you know, I don't. I don't think that Gonzaga gets it done though. Ultimately, is is the national championship, but national champion. But they're in the final four. 
But uh, do I am I picking my champion now, or are we going to wait till uh, we get Big Ben's final four? No, we'll see it now. All right. Yeah, I'll go with I'll. You know what? I I think the cats are going to get it done. I do. I think that they're just they're they're built for the tournament. There's some depth there. There's some veteran leadership. They play with speed and they can play some defense. I like the cats too. It makes me sick. I almost picked UCLA because they're flying a little bit under the radar. Some people are saying they're underachieving. They had a lot of injuries. Tyco Campbell was out. Cody Riley was out. Jaime Hawke has gotten a little bit of a funk. But the last four games, he's averaging over 20 points. And they go as Jaime goes. Like, he's the four who stretches the defense. He can go inside. I like UCLA, too, but I didn't pick them. All right. So... I'm gonna go. Let's go. Let's go south. I think the cats are an easy. I don't say. I don't think they have the easiest path, but they do have one of the easier paths uh, to the final four. Uh, Midwest. I went to a Kansas game earlier this year. Christian Braun is probably my favorite player. In yes, definitely my favorite player in the NCAA tournament this year. Um, UCLA, I like as well. Any team that's been there before always has an advantage. And I'm actually going to, here's a storyline a lot of people aren't talking about. It's Coach K's last year. Yeah. And if there's any motivation and you saw what he said about the team after they lost at home to North Carolina, which was just a punch in the gut. If you need motivation and you're Paulo Ban- Banchero, how, how great would it to be great would it to see Paulo versus Chet to go to the final mm. four. Now that's a storyline anyone wants to see play out. One versus probably two of the top five picks, maybe top three picks in the NBA yeah. this coming up draft. So I'm going to go Duke. And I'm actually, my national champion is going to be Kansas. I live in a household where uh, the Kansas roots run a little deep. I've drank some of the, the blue, the blue juice, if you would. <laughs> and I think the Jayhawks get it done. Bill Self, highest paid coach in the NCAA tournament, in all of NCAA, and Christian Braun, um, he leads him to a title. I lo- like Remy Rock Martin. Shaw. He's the transfer over from ASU. Oh, yeah. You know, he's he started scoring he's a little bit. He's finally figured it out, too. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he, he has. He, he hit double figures in each of the each of uh, the conference championship games. They won the title again this year. Remy looked he looked out of sorts during the, the regular season, but another guy, a wild card, he was actually the – uh big 12 i think preseason player of the year which was yeah. odd to me hasn't found his fit maybe he is another guy to look out for i like that thank you bo yeah all the more reason my, might... my jayhawks are gonna win there you go hardest path to the final four i'll go first again i think it's in the west coast like that second round matchup for the Zags is potentially Boise State versus Memphis. Boise State, Leon Rice is a Mark Few assistant. Mm-hmm. And he's got some sharpshooters on his team. They played well. They beat San Diego State. And San Diego State had the defensive player of the Mountain West. And they have some talented athletes. And then Memphis, everyone talks about Amani Bates not being around. But they still have other five-star athletes and four-star and five-star athletes from past recruiting classes so they might figure it out and then beyond that i think you have texas tech in that region you have duke you have yukon you have arkansas that i mentioned earlier yukon's beat 
Villanova, they beat. I can't think of who else they beat. <laughs> but you're just gonna have to take my word for it. You got <laughs> some really good like, team. <laughs> like four quad one wins. Yeah. Yeah, it's a strong. It's a yeah. It's a strong region. I, I you know, I, I want to see that that Duke Gonzaga rematch again. Manchero got the the best the chat. Like that's gonna be key. Like if there is uh just it's like a throwdown in the second round against Gonzaga, Chet Holmgren has to show up. Like he has to prove. He has to play like he's one of the top players in the nation because he can disappear. And when he does, that team goes from being really good. To pretty pedestrian, and they have to rely a lot on Drew Timmy and maybe some shooting that they can't always rely upon. So that that's going to be pretty key. I, I still think the East is probably the toughest uh, fight to the Final Four. I mean, it's just I think there's just a, some balanced teams. You've got last year's national champion Baylor. North Carolina is an eight seed in that. Shaka Smart is always good for a run. He's at Marquette now. UCLA is in that region. Texas, Virginia Tech, who just won the ACC tournament, took out Duke. I, I think that's probably their murderer's row trying to get to the Final Four. Okay, when this is one time where I'm actually going to agree with you because Bama took it to the Zags, and they're also in that bracket earlier this year. And then, you know, Texas Tech, people talk about them being, you know, a could have been a two seed at some point this season. And then don't forget about Tom Izzo. I mean, he's lurking in that bracket, and Michigan State always shows up in the tourney. Tom Izzo can form a team out of us three and two other dudes, <laughs> and he might take us to the Sweet 16. So I agree. The Zags got no favor being uh, the top number one overall seed because the, it's. I think it comes down to coaches, and then historically, right? Look at uh, what what Bama did to the Zags this, this past year. They're a six or this past earlier this season. They're a six seed in that bracket. It's a tough bracket. On that Tom Izzo super team, we would need Alex Clancy, the sharpshooter, Bo's <laughs> podcast buddy. He claims he has some record in oh, some come league on. where there was four people at his high school. He was the tallest player. <laughs> and that was his record. But to your his, point, his about, record was what? Some shoot? He just filled it up one night, or what? Most three pointers in the game. We need a foul oh. check. <laughs> come on. I yeah. think he played back before there were even was a three-point shot. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, thank you for agreeing with me, Big Ben. I'm uh, not wrong about a lot of things when it comes to the NCAA tournament. <laughs> but Bo had a great point on Chet. He does kind of blend in. And that is my, I guess, concern about him at the next level. Like, you need to have that dog. You need to be that alpha. And, like, he, he is the best player, but he's being a little bit too passive at times. And I don't think he can be passive in the NCAA tournament if they're going to get to the Final Four and win it all. He's going to have to be more aggressive and be and just play downhill and shoot the three-point shot because he's got a great-looking shot. And a lot of big guys, if he brings them out to the three-point line, he has the ability to get by them and go down and go to the rim. But you don't see that a lot. No, yeah, you certainly don't. He gets in foul trouble quite a bit too. Just and it's not it's not hard fouls. It's it's ticky tack stuff. It's a it's you know way too too far away from the basket. And uh, it, it's weird to watch Jalen Suggs have so much success in his first year or his only season with the Zags, and he just didn't look. He just he just hit campus and he was ready to roll. Where Chet, he still hasn't kind of found it 
found his way yet. He's it's like he's playing with uh with training wheels right now, and you hope that he can knock those off when the lights are a little bit brighter and you know it's uh it's a survive and advance scenario. But I don't know. I don't know if you can just turn it on. I don't know if you can just flip a switch. Uh, some one and done guys can, and then some guys you you continue to wait until the season's over, and the next thing you know, they're packing up and they're headed to the to the the association. What, what kind of conversation do you think's taking place right now in that in that locker room? Or because you have Timmy, who's obviously a leader in that in that locker room. When do you say, "All right, Chet, listen, you got to be Alpha One. I'm Alpha One. You're Alpha Two. Like, let's go. Let's get this done. right. Just hand nod, yeah, and it, head shake, like step up. Let's go. And I think that the conversations probably have they came way earlier than you would even expect. I think Timmy's probably in stress in that. Probably Mark Few and coaches on that staff and players on that team. Maybe even guys that have been, you know, Adam Morrison, who's on the the broadcast team. I'm sure everybody's trying to get into this kid as far as you know taking it up a notch as far as his aggressiveness but you know it's just nothing's resonating and nothing's clicking and it's just how, how do you get a guy who's over seven feet with his skill set to kind of get into the flow of the game it's not as easy as, as, as it's it's you know as we're talking about here but you know if, if he's going to do it it's got to be now especially as you're as you're outlining this region it's it could be tough and they could be knocked out and not get past the sweet 16 like we're used to seeing I think Chet came in and he wanted to defer to Timmy. Like, Timmy's the veteran. He's the junior. He's the guy in the post. Like, I'm going to defer to him, and I'm going to play off of him, which I think is great when you're playing against the WCC and talent like that. But when you're in the NCAA tournament, it's going to be a little different where Timmy might be in foul trouble. He might have an off night, and they're going to need Chet to step up and, and play those big minutes and score points for them to move on. Yeah. Has to. I mean, he has to. I mean, he can fill up the stat sheet where he's, you know, got a double double and maybe close to four to five blocks, but still, that's not going to get it done. They need him to be a scorer. I don't know. I don't know where, like, it's not like the Admiral and Tim Duncan year one with the San Antonio Spurs. We're not seeing that type of success. We're not seeing that synchronicity. And I don't think that's any fault of Drew Timmy's because from everything I've heard, he's been more than welcoming and really set him up to be a successful. Uh, freshman for the Zags and I just I just don't I, I think it's just tough as far as how he sees himself fitting in and, and that's him just kind of uh, being more aggressive you know especially on the offensive side of the basket of the court yeah well Jalen Suggs had the luxury of having the ball in his hands at all times true I think. that was yeah. the one thing and I think Chet's trying to find his role and like okay he can get the ball and in so many places is on the block. And I don't think he's big enough to own the block at this point. So it's kind of a tweeners type stage. Kevin Durant played in one tournament, went one and one lost to USC, but he had that same issue. You know, you don't, you can't let Chet bring the ball up the court. So it's figuring out when to get him the ball. And do you, do you run sets to get him the ball? You know, it's, it's, it's one of those issues I think they'll run into, but yeah, if you can get the ball, take it up and just be aggressive, probably helps the Zags long-term. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. I completely agree. And Julian Strother, sophomore from Las Vegas, he's taking a next step. And Drew Timmy yeah. was on ESPN talking about it. He's like, you didn't hear that much from him because he played behind a first-team All-American. He's like, we yeah. saw all this. We saw the development. 
He's just finally getting his chance to blossom with Kispert not there. And that might be another reason why Chet has struggled is because there's so many more moving parts. I think last year, Suggs was on the perimeter, Kispert was a shooter, and Timmy mm-hmm. was inside. Like, those were just the three parts. And now I think Chet's trying to figure out when he should go to the block, when he should shoot, and how aggressive he needs to be. And I'll tell him, he needs to be very aggressive, starting <laughs> right away. I mean, get a little Adam Morrison in you. Just kind of get that green light and go and just see where it takes you. Maybe just kind of get that out in the first two rounds and see if it turns into something. If it doesn't, get back to your original game plan. And then, yeah, maybe rely a little bit more on Timmy Strother, the depth that Gonzaga has this season. Maybe some of those seasoned, uh, the backcourt, you know, Nemhard has stepped up lately. So, but it's going to be tough if they can't get Chet going. And it's not exactly... The, the best shooting Zags team we've seen in a long time. They're, it's, they're going to have to turn it into kind of like inside the arc game. And I don't think that plays well in the NCAA tournament because you can run into a team that gets hot beyond the arc and you're done. You're done. Can Chet grow a mustache, you think? No, I couldn't at that age. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, if he, if he did, it's a, it's a crust stash. And I don't think that's not a good look for anybody. <laughs> Oh, you talked about getting hot and you're done. So everyone's favorite is upset. So if you guys had to look at the bracket and you're betting men, you both are betting men. What upsets would you pick in round one, either on Thursday or on Friday? Who do you like? I like the Cyclones. LSU's kind of in flux. They just fired Will Wade. Uh, That's an 11-6. I always like a nice 12-5. And then, you know, 13, six, I mean, uh, was it 13, uh, four has been kind of becoming a trendy pick lately. What are they? They're five and seven over the last couple of years, 13 or four. That's pretty, that's, that's a couple upsets in the last couple of years from those seats. Yeah. Everyone's uh, upset pick this year is Vermont, which I think, uh, I, I don't necessarily disagree with, especially since Kay Wynn picked Arkansas to go to the final four. I think that's cemented as an upset now. <laughs> the uh, catamounts, huh? And, yeah. And then you look at, I think the other team, I mean, until, is it Sister Jean? I think she's still alive and kicking yeah. in her. She's uh, 102. In, she's courtside. <laughs> and that's my upset. You can't pick against Sister Jean. I'm not, not in that first round. Book, guys. I that that's who I have my upset. I'm with you, Sister G. Loyola, I would love Chicago. to see all those Big Ten, Big Ten teams just lose, like just not one advance. I don't, I don't know if that's feasible or possible, but I think it is, and that would just, I would love to see that. Yeah, Sister Jean's still kicking. She's there. Loyal is a good for one more, one more win. I think the Vatech one is obvious because they're playing hot and they just won the ACC tournament. My upset isn't that big. I got Davidson. I think they're a 10 over Michigan State. They're a very well-coached team. They can shoot it. They can play inside out. So I don't think this is one of his best teams, and I think they barely got in. If there's a last four in, or Mm -hmm. excuse me, there's a last eight in, I think Michigan State was in there because I think they barely squeaked in. I don't think they have as much talent as they used to have, so I would go Davidson in round one over and you said you like the Dons, you know, San Francisco. That's a 10-7.
Yeah, what Hunter is it Hunter uh Cador? I'm gonna I screwed up that last name, but he was on fire against Duke for Virginia Tech, put up 31. I think he hit his first four three-pointers with his eyes closed. Bob Tech got underseated, unfortunately, just due to the fact no, they didn't think they were going to win. So, right. Um, yeah, you had that. I think uh, another first-round game interesting to me is Miami versus USC because Miami's got an old team, good team mm-hmm. too. And USC, although they're you know Pac-12 team, that's another upset, I think. I could easily see happening in the in the big game. Well, Miami plays five out too. They're smaller. USC's bigger, and I think Bo, you said it. You know, styles make fights. So who's going to mm-hmm. actually control the fight? Is it going to be the speed of the guards, or is it going to be the USC big man? That will be a fun one to watch. You're right, Ben. And then with me watching so much of Yellowstone in 1883, I don't see Montana <laughs> State could come through with a little win, too. Um, don't count the Bobcats out this year. Bozeman's big. Uh, yeah, I, lo- uh, that's, that's, I love that. Just what you're using there to put that together. <laughs> Just the, the Dutton family bump there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The big upset that I have. Colgate over Wisconsin. Colgate's been to the tournament three times in a row. They've got a senior-laden team. They've got some older players. I'm going out on a limb here. I'm going to brush. I'm going to start the morning out with some Colgate toothpaste. Receiving <laughs> with a Colgate upset. All right, Bo, I got a question for you to steal one from K1 here. What Zags player has more to lose between them in this tournament, Timmy or Holmgren? Um, probably Holmgren and, and somehow Suggs lost a little bit between the end of the tournament and, uh, the, during the draft process. I think if he just has a rough tournament, he he might be able to make up for it in the draft process with, you know, showing off his skill set and it kind of an opposite, uh, Suggs situation. But I think if he just, if he cowers, if he, if he go, if he's held under double digits and scoring and, and he just gets taken out of the game. A lot of NBA teams are going to be turned off by that. Jim, I think Drew Timmy he is who he is. I, I don't even think there's any way, there's any path to him sneaking into the first round. I just don't. If it was going to happen, it was going to be last year. And, you know, I think he's kind of hit that draft prospect ceiling for him, which is, he, I don't even know if a guy like that gets drafted any longer because of what they do in the second round. I think what a- the Zags have to win it, and he has to be a monster every single game to get into the second round, just because what everyone forgets, yeah. there's all these foreign European players that no one's really talking about right? that actually drops other players down in the lottery. So I think, I think Timmy has to have a big monster NCAA tournament just to go in the second round. Like Otherwise, Sean May, North Carolina, where he's getting like 20 and 20 every other night. Exactly. Yeah. You don't see Timmy strapping on. What were those shoes you with a little platform? You don't see him strapping those on prior to draft camp. Maybe increasing his vert. The ones from Seinfeld yes. that, uh, that yeah. Jimmy uses. Yeah. Jimmy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Become a, a stretch four that can play above the rim. Right. I wanted to see Timmy this year extend his game out a little further because I think that's what he would need to do at that next level is be that stretch four or be that four that can just kind of hit, you know, 
a bit of a mid-range jumper, like a Lamar Aldridge, per se. Like, that's what I wanted Timmy to do. But I don't know if maybe that's a little outside of his comfort zone or maybe that's a little outside of his capabilities. Yeah, it must be. I mean, that that would have been – it would have been a nice little thing to add. And, and they have the luxury of, of the conference schedule. I'm, I'm, you know, even though it was, it was a better year for the, the West Coast, but – he could have. He could probably could have added it to his his repertoire, but I don't know why he didn't. It's it must just be a non-starter for few and everybody. Where does Timmy go? He's not in the NBA. What's his? What's what's Timmy's next next move? Is he on the bench, grad assistant? Is he overseas? Yeah, I, I think I he's could, overseas. I could definitely. I think he makes. That. I think he makes some money overseas, and then sees where that takes him and then if mm-hmm. he gets a ticket to the nba he takes that if not he might be uh big ben k win and big mustache <laughs> I, I could see him i, I mean he's got a, the the few coaching tree i mean that's that's intriguing i i think it's 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 big enough to where i mean he could even end up in tucson with tommy lloyd who was on the staff for over 20 years it'd be i mean he's gonna have opportunities but yeah maybe if you're that age why not go go make Six figures playing overseas. All right. Okay, when last question. Who will be the most outstanding player not to win most outstanding player? Got to be Banchero. I'm going Keegan Murray, Iowa. I saw a lot of him this weekend, and he is good. Yeah. Um, give me the kid from, from Nova. Uh, is it Gillespie? Connor Gillespie. Yeah. He looked good in that, uh, that Big East championship. Although it was kind of a snoozer. I think it was what? 36, 36 midway through the second half. Gillespie's a stud. He looks like someone you could easily see, you know, holding up the finger after hitting a couple (laughs) game winners. (laughs) What's the song they play at the end? One Shining Star? No. Yeah, I could... moment. One Shining <laughs> Moment. One Shining Star. We just talked about One Shining Star. We'll put them all together and it'll be a moment. <laughs> the ball yeah, is can... tipped. There you are. And they got Luther Vandross singing that, right? Yeah. Um, was it Vandross? No, I don't think so. No, one it's year, a different. It was Luther. Maybe it was a remix version. One year it was. I think it's Luther. You can fact check me on that. I guess they say it's David Barrett. I don't know. <laughs> Look, there is there is a there is a Vandross Va- version. I just okay, saw. I just googled it. Wow. Yours, yes. Uh, All right, we'll, we'll wrap up on that. Big Ben and Kwin at WST underscore podcast, Instagram and Twitter. Check us out on nofilter.net every Wednesday, sometimes Mondays. We broadcast live. And Bo, you want to tell our listeners where they can hear you and find out more about what's going on in your media world? Yeah, absolutely. Follow along on Twitter at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. And of course, check us out. We're talking Cardinals football every day on Locked On Cardinals. And just again, Final Four, K-Win has Arizona, Kansas, Purdue, Arkansas, 
Arizona beating Purdue in the national championship. <laughs> Bo, you have Arizona winning. What was your final four again? I had UCLA in there from the Pac-12. Uh, I had Auburn from the SEC, a two seed. And then I had the Zags from the West uh, making their way to the final four. Big Ben? UCLA, Duke, Kansas Cats, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk in the championship. Let's go. Let's go. Happy fam. Boom. Thanks, Thanks for coming on, Bo. Thanks, guys. Be good. I, I can't wait to hear what see what happens with your NIT matchup between your almas. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep you posted. <laughs> heavy, heavy Betty line on that. We'll be we'll at the DVR it, watch it in the morning. <laughs> right. Cougs Broncos. Let's go. All right. See, see you guys. Bro. See ya.